Welcome back to Geek Life, Panamega.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, The Brian. For those of you who decided to take a shot every time I said like in the previous episode, congratulations on not dying from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> and the vicious co-host, Joe. You know, I had one, but I think it's too big. So it's I'll, too big? I'll save it for a special occasion. So hello, everybody. <laughs> it's too big. Wow. And since it is the zombie episode, we were able to wrangle the 8th Henry. Uh, I'm in here now. <laughs> and then, of course, the admin. How could I possibly follow? I'm in here now. Uh, you, you also with that. You're also. So that's from Metalocalypse, right? Yes. Additionally, I too am in the room. I am also present. I am also in here now. I'm in yeah. here now. See. Yep. So, for those of you that play Minecraft on a survival multiplayer server, which is really the best way to play Minecraft, it is. <laughs> uh, the Eighth Henry has this. I'm not going to say it's obnoxious, it's because sometimes it is, but it's a habit. It, it's it's, it's a more of a compulsion, really. I do it anytime I'm on, even when there's nobody else on. Yeah, he, he logs in. No, no. It's hilarious. He logs in, and then, I'm in here now. It's the first Even thing. if he logs out and then logs back in, yeah. <laughs> and we're all there, it's like, we know. I, I don't think you're, you're catching the most important part. He does that even when he knows nobody else is in the world with him. Yeah, it's important that the world become braced for my arrival. <laughs> It's, All it's, the uh, pigs are like, shit! <laughs> pigs, creepers, doesn't matter what it is. It needs to know that I'm here now. <laughs> the sheep go running. Yes. Oh, man. It's because I'm a Scot, isn't it? <laughs> well, welcome to Geek Life, and we've got a really good one going tonight. I'm looking forward to this one uh, quite a bit. It's been, feels like forever since a zombie podcast. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, well, there was that extra year-end recap that we did. Yeah, that there, really there's, just... there's been at least two apocalypses since the <laughs> <laughs> zombie Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I swear I've lived through more apocalypses than I care to remember. Uh, this makes about four. That's yeah, really it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, so first up is a little housekeeping. First on housekeeping, we've decided to move the Dinner and Dragons release date to Thursday from Wednesday. Now, we do every other week, and we were doing every other Wednesday for some time now, and we've decided to switch it to Thursday and see how that goes. It's not necessarily forever and permanent. We're just trying to feel out if that's the right spot for it. We really feel like it's the best way to serve the community and get them out on time and and uh, consistently and all that good stuff. Gives a little more time between Monk and D&D. So yeah, you know, sometimes that's really the challenge. Time. Yeah, because I'm the artist for both Artistic Monk and Dinner and Dragons, and... If I'm running, happen to be running late, it only gives me a very short period of time between the two. Day and a half. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I happen to have a lot of free time on Wednesday, so pushing it to Thursday helps me hopefully have a whole lot more consistent release schedule, which is, of course, the point to try and service our uh, our listeners or viewers, I guess, as, as comics go, because you don't you know, exactly listen to comics. I listen to the podcast, I don't listen to comics. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're a whole visual audio sensory theater. Our oh, fans. Uh, all the fans. Yes. All the many, many fans. Actually, last week, last week, not last week, the last podcast had a lot of downloads. Oh, yeah. Had a lot of downloads. Uh, we were really looking forward to getting to where we had originally more people than were on the podcast downloading the podcast <laughs> and we've hit that for some time now but it's really amazing when the numbers jump heavily and i think yeah. a lot of that has to do with pinku being on with us a lot of that has to do with e bergen or over bergen and Bethel. yeah yeah the the guys over at ebeno7.com have been really generous 
in you know retweeting and posting and letting people know that our podcast is going up and obviously we're working on their content so you know hey you know that works but it's still awesome to be able to have a little cross traffic action happening and but yeah we've been the numbers have been going up it's very exciting mm. very very exciting another thing for housekeeping Panda Manga has recently hit 101 likes on Facebook. The big, yes. yeah, triple digits. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's very, very exciting. We, I don't know, for those of you that don't know, when you get to 30 likes on a page, you actually start to have analytics. Is it 30 or 35? I don't, whatever. It's 30. It's jumped around. You know, Facebook can be kind of neurotic like that. When you have 30 likes on a page, at least currently, you start to get analytics and insight, insights is what they call it. And it tells you, you know, how many people each post reaches, how they are reached, whether it's viral, whether somebody reposts it, whether they like it, whatever. And so it's really just a good tool to feel out what your community is interested in and what days and times are the best time to put your stuff out. So it's really great to get beyond 30. Speaking of which, Dinner and Dragons is really close. Dinner and Dragons has 27 likes currently. 27. Three <laughs> more, come on. Three more, yeah. And then Artistic Monk is at 22 right now. Come on! guys <laughs> you have to invite people i have been I, I need to do another round on facebook and uh, get yes. the monk love everybody come on like monk i've got more likes than monk <laughs> oh don't make this a contest <laughs> oh dear no make it a contest yeah <laughs> more likes is better <laughs> i'll throw in a prize if we want to make this a contest Ooh, between go. the group here yeah oh, <laughs> set a certain joke wins get something <laughs> Also, actually, recently I ran into somebody on our forum. A forum, gosh, I almost want to say it felt like it was kind of defunct for a while. I mean, it's still there, and I still check it periodically. But historically, whenever I check it, it's always J. Fitch, J. Fitch, J. Fitch. It's the last person that posted everything on everything. So I was kind of like, nobody uses our forum. It's because you have to have the last word. This is true. But somebody actually came on and was curious if there could be a doodles section. So I actually added a doodle section in. And uh, with instructions about how to post images and everything, and then actually sent him an email. And he was like, oh my gosh, I feel special. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so go check out our forum. You know, it's, it's, it's meant to be a place for the community on Pandamanga to talk to each other, interact with each other, share things, you know, talk about stuff, ask questions to us. You know, I mean, we have comments freaking everywhere on the website. So it's yeah. not like you, there's a lack of opportunity to talk. And I think that's part of the reason maybe why the forum is not as popular, or just forums in general aren't as popular on a website. It seems like if it's a forum website, then it's popular. Yeah. But if it's like a forum for a website, it's not as mm. not as popular anymore. But it's just too easy to comment. True, exactly. Well, that's the beauty of comments. Is that everybody has something to say about something. They look at something and be like, meh, 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 meh. and then you scroll down and you can type that in and press enter. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I did add a doodles section. So any of you who would like to post a picture up there, or just want to share some stuff, or just ask us questions about artistic mug or. Dinner and Dragons or anything like that, we're more than happy to share our experiences and our advice and just behind-the-scenes stuff. We love to interact with with anybody on the site. So take advantage of the forum. It's there. Check it out. Sweet. Also, in the podcast page, on the actual just the main hub podcast page where you get the feed of podcasts, the Brian has gone and actually added in a email form for you to be able to email us at geeklifeofpandamega.com. You can still email us at geeklifeatpandamega.com. That will work also. But if you happen to, you know, convenient-wise, want to just drop in there and while you're checking out the podcast, go ahead and zap us an email. That is an easy, simple way to do it. And we just want to give Brian a little little, little golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. Uh, so that's, that that's bored. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so the Sack Brony Meetup group is actually getting ready to host their first 
Sacramento Brony Expo. The expo is to take place on September 14th and 15th of this year. It's very exciting. I got an email from them the other day from their PR person. Interested in, you know, advertising and talking about helping them to spread the word about their very exciting first convention. And if you guys remember from our events section, we recently, I guess over the summer, went to SAC Anime, which is where we met Carlos and the crew from the SAC Brony meetup team. And just a bunch of really cool people. We were genuinely taken aback and surprised at how awesome the Brony community is. Sometimes it seems like they are the social pariah or a social pariah of the geekdom, which is kind of insane because geekdom is often social pariah and everything else, <laughs> you know, so it's it's kind of awful. But but those guys are really great. We were really, really, like, kind of surprised. Like, I didn't really know what to expect or think. I expected it to be not what it was, I guess. I don't even know. You know, I went in there kind of being like, I don't know, indoctrinated, I guess, by the social consciousness of this is supposed to be lame or something. But it was actually really cool. The people were really amazing. And the guys over at the Sack Brony Meetup team are really just cool people. And they're just trying to pull people in and let them enjoy the, the community that is really, really excellent. It's really active and a bunch of really creative and cool people. And Rainbow Dash cosplay. And Rainbow Dash cosplay is so sexy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to go on record with that. That that was amazing. <laughs> JP saw some, uh, some There's very some nice gorgeous video. girls cosplaying as Rainbow girls, Dash. Girls underline. Like girls underline, yeah. Gorgeous <laughs> gorgeous girls that, like what they do for some reason for the cosplay, instead of dressing up like ponies, they basically dress up as like people, but they have the hair color and like the clothes, and then they have the, the little cutie mark, yeah. the theme, and it, it's hot. <laughs> or at least it can be. And I was really surprised. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's true. There's plenty of opportunity for it to go horribly wrong. Yes, yeah. But generally speaking... Just as, just as anything. I mean, yeah. there's always Chunk Lee. I mean... Yeah. Oh, but your experience I mean, is that it's a positive thing. It could be... It can be freaking awesome. I was really surprised. To know surprised. what we're talking about, go into Google Image or Bing Image, whichever you prefer, and look up Rainbow Dash cosplay. You'll understand, and you'll thank us later. Yeah. You know, yeah. One way or another, I, we, I love the hair. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. The wigs are ridiculous. I think we even got a couple of shots from... from oh, yeah. yeah. If you go to the event section, you can look yeah. through. There's some gorgeous girls doing really great cosplay of all kinds of different stuff. And there's some pony cosplay in there. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the Sack Brony meetup team, really good people, putting on a convention... There will be more and more information forthcoming as we get more information. We're on the list for any kind of press releases. We're going to do some cross-advertising with them, so you'll definitely be kept apprised of whatever's going on in their camp. And as we get closer, we'll definitely get a little bit more heavily involved with them to try and promote them because they're good people. We like to keep up good relations and contact with them. We are talking a little bit, as a matter of fact, about having Carlos and some of his friends from the team on a podcast at some point. Now, I don't know how the logistics of that are going to work out, but that is the plan. Probably not until we're a little closer to the convention. Mm, so it makes I, sense. Yes. Well, and I, also, I think that it'll be really interesting to talk to them about the process of making a convention. Because mm. this uh, is the first yeah. convention that they've done, as far as I know. And so I'm sure that it's going to be quite a ride. And so mm -hmm. as they get closer to it really coming to fruition, I think it's going to be really interesting to interview them and be like, so... How do you make a convention? Like, how, how does that even work? What What is the experience been like? So I, I'm dying to find out how that all works and, and how they put it together and, yeah. and just to hang out with the guys again. So very excited. Mm -hmm. And last up in housekeeping is, in case you haven't noticed, the Jaded and Bias reviews, there hasn't been anything up recently. That is because the Jaded and Bias reviews section is currently on an indefinite hiatus. There is just... A lot going on right now in the life of the Brian. Podcaster, internet celebrity, legend in his own mind. I got places to go, people to do, people. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, um, you are saving the world, like, every other Friday. Like all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I'm not busy destroying it. Yes. So I'm, <laughs> that's my Thursday routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just right now I've got a lot on my plate, both socially and work-wise. And so I just don't have time to write these things. And I want to make sure that if I'm writing them, I'm giving a good quality effort and review so that you guys can enjoy it and have a little laugh at my expense or because what I put up is actually funny or entertaining and interesting. So it's just currently on hiatus. Not sure when it will be back, but I guarantee that it will be back. Unfortunately, for now, it's not going to be up. Yeah, we've come to realize after having, I guess, been up for a year now that one of the biggest challenges is keeping things at a, a high quality. And I don't mean necessarily the quality of the actual product or the actual article or the actual comic because that obviously everybody tries to endeavor to make whatever it is that they're putting up or posting as high quality as possible but there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes about consistency release timing and trying to fit it into the rest of your life and everything like that and we're much more willing to postpone cancel something like that than we are to try and let it limp along and just kind of suck (laughs) you know (laughs) Last yeah. thing we need is something else that sucks on the internet. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't need to add to that copious <laughs> amount of suckage on the internet. So that's that's kind of become you know part of an odd but unfortunately big part of running a website is that we just need to be vigilant and make sure that anything that we put up there is able to come out at a regular rate and is able to have a consistent level of quality, all that. And any time that it starts to look like that's not happening, then we need to take a serious assessment. As much as we like to put it up there, as much as we like to make it, and if it's, if it's not realistic right now, it doesn't mean it's never coming back, but we're going to be more willing to you know take it down for a time than to leave it open-ended and not be clear about what our plan is, you know? Because mm. we want to try and stay in communication with our community. And that's important. Anyway, I think that's it for housekeeping. That is. Yeah? So I haven't told anybody about this, but I am premiering a new section on the podcast. So each time that we do the podcast, I'm going to do what I've come to call the Indie Spotlight. I am going to try and find something on the interwebs that is independent in nature, whether it's a webcomic, whether it's a YouTube series, whether whatever, anything that's not professionally published, because that's what we're all about here on pandamanga.com. We are advocates of indie media, be it video, movie, music, comics, comics art, whatever. We're all about it. So this week on the Indie Spotlight, on Twitter recently, I came across this comic that's really hilarious. It's called Human Nature. You can find it at humannaturecomic.com, spelled just the way it sounds. And it's this hilarious little comic about... These little anthropomorphic animals, as well as people, working in an office environment. It reminds me a lot of a more lively and lighthearted Dilbert, kind of. I mean, Dilbert can be really dry, but this stuff is really hilarious. And I really like the art style a lot. It's really sharp and clean. The characters are maybe two to three heads tall, so they're very sort of super deformed chibi style. But it's just sharp. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and one's an alligator. And one's an alligator, one's a raccoon, and it's just hilarious. I read through a bunch of it, spent like maybe, you know, half an hour just plugging through the different stuff and looking at the early stuff, and, and it's just really good. I really, really enjoyed it quite a bit. I think one of the biggest reasons I liked it a lot is that it's in black and white. I'm a big advocate of black and white comics. I think mm. that you can say a lot with a little, and that it's in some ways more challenging to say a lot with a little. And also you don't have the opportunity to f*** it up mm. <laughs> with color, which happens all the time. So it's a really, really great comic. I really enjoy it quite a bit. Human Nature is written by Adam Volk. 
who is a writer for a living and writes you know other things as well but this is one of his projects as well the artist is oh god i'm gonna butcher this name (laughs) paul desmarius Anyway, these two guys are a dream team. They come together and make a really excellent comic. comes out pretty regular, and I would highly recommend checking it out. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Just search for Human Nature. And we'll put a link to them in the show notes so you can check out the Indie Spotlight of the Week, which is Human Nature at humannaturecomics.com. When we come back from the break, we'll get into our zombie action. We decided to skip doing the comic review this time, and this is a direct result of the fan outcry of not enough zombie sections. We actually had a listener write into us on the comments and say, There needs to be more zombie sections! Ah! My people have spoken. <laughs> yes, exactly. And to be fair, the zombie podcast sometimes can get a little bit sidelined or sidetracked because you know, it's just the way of things sometimes. And the past two zombie podcasts have definitely not had enough just pure zombie survival goodness in them. So we decided to pack it in this time and forego the independent comic review. Fear not, it will return on episode 32 of the Geek Life Podcast. We've got lots of good stuff to check out and show you guys that you probably never heard of and you totally should be checking out, so worry not, it will come back next time. But we're going to take a little break. When we get back, we'll get into zombies. Back to Geek Life. Right now, our zombie news! (laughs) Currently, no zombie outbreak. But the flu is going around, so be on your guard. Ever vigilant against the zombie outbreak. Mm. Never. Just in case. Just, just, just in case. 
Don't let them stick you with anything. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not the vaccine. It's the T-virus. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to talk it about... starts, man. It yes, is. it is. It's no laughing matter. Yeah, that's why I don't, I, that's why I don't get inoculated. Well, yeah, me neither. Because I'd rather, I'd rather get the flu... And, had and survive it like I do, and then and then become become exactly what I've been trying to fight. That would be just the, the height height of irony. And I'm not, I well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm of the George Carlin perspective when it comes to your immunity. It's like if it doesn't have a chance to get strong, how's it going to fight stuff off? Like, uh, yes, right? So, you know, I mean, if you get sick, then you get antibodies. You get antibodies, then you can fight stuff. It's like, isn't that kind of how it works? You know, That's people people that saying. are in like a hypoallergenic situation for long periods of time get often sick. have serious problems when they're exposed to stuff. Well, not only that, there are things like viruses becoming immune because you know everybody's using the uh, antibacterial soap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not antibiotics, but like the antibacterial oh, soap. Right. So yeah, now it doesn't work. It's becoming super anti. Well, it's just being yeah. one super. Fu- it kills ninety nine point nine percent of the germs. But guess what? <laughs> that point one percent is a mother. <laughs> and, and you know what? They f***ing replicate like, well... Like viruses or like something. Vi- like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Paris the thought. Oh, jeez. Hence the reason why panda blood is the next evolution <laughs> in antibodies. Oh, my God. That's so awful. That's so awful. Are you? Is that true? It's true. It's absolutely true. Well, if you believe, you know, reports coming out of Chinese science division. So, no. So, no. Which is a lot more reliable than, you know, North Korea, Korea. North Korean <laughs> historical societies and Hey, science look, division. man. I believe that Kirin discovery is completely legit. It had a sign that said Kirin on it. And I'm also pretty sure that Kim Jong-il had, what, nine hole-in-ones his first time ever playing golf? Well, yeah, he was born from a rainbow. That is true. <laughs> Duh. Okay, at, back at the point... <laughs> Speaking of zombies, <laughs> so we decided to talk about zombie traps this time around. Traps meant to stop, trap, or kill zombies. Really anything. You know, anything to do with making zombies not get to eat your face, which is typically kind of part of it. Also, not eating brains, I hear, is their kind of the delicacy. That, that, is, what they, that is what they crave? Mm, what they crave. But they, they, will, they will take a bite out of anything. <laughs> kind of like how plants crave electrolytes. Right, it's, it's what plants crave. Okay, so what we've done is we've broken up the traps into three different categories. Practical, silly, and inventive. We will each pose a trap. Well, not create a trap, but we're going to propose the idea of a trap. And then Henry, in his infinite wisdom, will fit them into one of the categories. So Henry, why don't you explain what you mean by practical traps? A practical trap is a trap that actually works. Uh, it not, not only works in the sense that it's functional, it works in the sense that it's within the realm of an apocalyptic materials. So, you know, I'll give a brief example. A practical trap, tripwire. Tripwire, spike pit, easy stuff. So not depending on technology that's going to be rare in the apocalypse. Right. Right. Or, or something that, even if it is rare, is still feasible. Like, any town could have access to a tractor. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's that's reasonable. It might have enough fuel to... You know, you can you can beg the arguing point, but not every town is going to have access to a nuclear reactor in case that has something. Or a Gatling gun. Or a Gatling gun. Right. In case that was part of your plan. Okay. And speaking of Gatling guns, the next category is called silly. Yes. And and how would you describe the silly category of traps? Uh, If you were to propose to maybe drop a piano on on one zombie. You need a lot of pianos. That that would be a silly 
plan. But it could potentially be zombie kill of the week. Mm. <laughs> See, does that make you mad? I made Henry agree not to go on a rant, mm. so that's why he's biting his tongue right oh, okay. now. Okay, all right, yes. You have an there's an entire like, angry rant about the, the, how ridiculous there, that there are was. words to be said in that regard. Okay, but that would be a silly plan. Yes. Anyway, then the final category is inventive. How would you describe inventive zombie traps? Uh, inventive. They work. They're practical, thinking outside of the box. Hmm. Uh, maybe so maybe a little overcomplicated? Overcomplicated or a little bit maybe, maybe overkill. Ah. In terms of like, oh... Well, no such thing as overkill when it comes to zombies. After double tap, it becomes just pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's one thing I learned from the A-Team movie, it's that overkill is underrated. <laughs> I'll bet. I kind of feel like that needs to be a tramp stamp somewhere. Mm. After double tap, it becomes just pudding. (laughs) (laughs) The creation of another meme, just right now. You you heard it first. After double tap, it becomes pudding. Down to the tattoo parlor. (laughs) There are so many shirts we need to make. We're just a meme factory. Yeah, that's got to be on a shirt. It's pretty awesome. All right. On the back of a shirt. <laughs> I feel sick for my involvement in that. <laughs> All right. So let's go around in a circle and start suggesting traps. The Brian. I'm looking at you. That means you're first. Okay. So. Brian trap number one. Brian trap number one. It's a little overcomplicated, but it's still doable. I really, you know, zombie apocalypse, it's a depressing time. So if I'm going to have traps... I want to get a big kick out of them. So, <laughs> so, my so this plan, is trap slash entertainment. Yeah, exactly. So the plan is is to raid a hardware store and get a bunch of rakes and hose, the gardening tool, <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. And what you do is you also get about three and a half inch long nails, and you put oh. in three nails pointing upwards uh, and left, right, and straight into the top of the uh, rake or hoe or that sort of thing. You can also add li- tie little bells to the it's bottom like the of them. It's the cheapest minefield ever. <laughs> so, like, when it goes up, the bell rings. And, yeah, you know, you're going to watch things walk in and just, like, get raked into the face. And a nail will go through the head, they die. It's wonderful fun to be had by all. So it's hilarious. My it's only it's problem with that is, is, the, is the bell. That makes me nervous. No, <laughs> because so basically, it's making noise, This right? is well, a zombie and sideshow Bob trap. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, the whole thing is you, you take those like little tiny bells, so it's not that loud, but if you're near and you know, you've got your back to it... I'm pretty confident that if a zombie stepped on a rake and then it put a whack, it put something in his head, I'm pretty sure that regardless of what all we know about zombies, he'd probably go, motherfucker. Uh, they'd probably be like, uh. no, 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 no. Well, let's extend off of this bell idea because uh, here's how I see the Brian zombie apocalypse. He's got this giant multi-acre field of his trap and then off in the distance, there's an estate and... On the front porch, in the rocking chair, there's the Brian fanning himself gently. He's drinking a tea. Then next to him, there's a series, there's a board. And on this board are a series of bells. And as he's rocking (laughs) gently, enjoying the summer breeze, there's a ta-da-da-da-ding. Slowly, he takes a sip of his tea. I've got another one. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have land. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, Henry. The zombie rake slash bell slash thing. What was it? Nails. Nail trap. Yeah. Where does that fit? Well, it actually could fit in the practical 
because it would work against zombies if the first shot was a kill shot, mm. maybe a, a roofing nail, something with some, yeah. some, some oomph to it. Unfortunately, you're more likely going to end up with one zombie with 30 rakes attached to its head. It would slow it down, though. It would certainly, it would slow it certainly yeah. draw some attention. And it would clean your f***ing yard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to put this on the inventive. Because it's it okay. certainly was inventive. Clearly there's, inventive. There's potential for it working. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Joe, you're up. All right. So those of you who don't know, I am an engineer by nature. I like to make things incredibly complex... Or very complex things, really simple. Inverted wall. Or inclined wall. Ah. So, a wall at would about it, 20 it, to 30 degrees facing outward. Would an inverted wall just be a floor? No, that's... <laughs> that's, <laughs> no. Why he, that's why he fixed it. I, I mean, it, it that's it, just inverted walls, okay. that's just Cthulhu. Okay. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> inclined wall. A wall pitched about 20 to 30 degrees outward. So, think... Regular 15-foot wall, let's say 50 zombies have to pile up in order to climb over. If it's inclined, that exact same number of zombies has to fill up the gap between the wall and vertical and then do their pitch on the other side. It's going to take twice as many zombies to scale your wall. That's pretty cool. That's practical, and it technically is a trap. It would trap them all in there. But what would lure them in? You well, they, well, with that kind of with that kind of an incline, they wouldn't be inclined to. No, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? It'll keep your little area safe longer. It's true. Exactly. I, I, I can't. I can't refute that. I think the expectation from all of us, Henry, is that you aren't going to need to lure them in when They're you're talking about come. defense of a compound. If you're it's talking true. about setting traps just out in somewhere away from your space. That's one thing, but I think that anything that has to do with walls or protecting a a compound, a safe place, a you know safe house or whatever, the expectation is that the zombies are coming for you and that you are the bait. Fair enough. In mm-hmm. that case, I'll give it the, uh, the highly esteemed practical award. Wow! Oh, thank you. So Henry, you're up now. Since you're going to suggest the trap, that means that we get to rate it. All right. Fair enough. Um, Silly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have, I just got to look. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one, silly. Mm. <laughs> mm. I feel like I'm trapped in a field of rakes <laughs> with nails in them yeah. and possibly bells. With nails and bells, <laughs> I'll be there with bells on and rakes on my head. <laughs> bells and <clears throat> the moat defense, the classic moat defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't fail against a zombie, especially if the pit is 18 to 20 feet deep. Can be hand dug. Better to use a machine. More precise that way. Twelve feet across ensures needing a, a drawbridge is good against civilian aggressors as well as undead. And if there become too many undead in that deep of a pit, uh, you can always set them on fire. They will burn, despite what some people say. They are organic matter. Organic matter does burn, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they become ash piles, and then accompanied more by more zombies. So the yeah. first, the classical moat defense. keeps you warm in the winter. <laughs> So I wouldn't want to roast marshmallows over that. No, no, probably no. not. No. I wouldn't either. Zombie mellows don't sound good. Mm-hmm. But zomb s'mores. Mm. Nah. You don't think chocolate would fix that? I don't want to know what you'd use in place of graham crackers. I think you're looking at it from a completely different angle than I was thinking. 
So I think. Well, what do you guys think? I think I think practical. that's practical. Yeah, yeah totally very practical. Is there any ever any doubt? Was there ever? Any doubt? <laughs> so, all right, admin. What's your first one? All right, so I'm kind of leading off of Henry's idea with the moat, but I'm adding a little bit more detail to it. So the idea here is that you have a town in kind of a forested area. So this would be a defense within the forest. The idea is that you have double protection from the trees themselves and the moat. So you, either through the use of a machine, eh, more likely since there are trees, you're going to get your whole town to dig this moat. And it's going to be going through the forest. Now, you're going to want to fill this moat with water. Okay. Okay. Shifting out of practical. <laughs> no, 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 no. There could be a lake build, nearby. There a river. Then yeah. you have a water. You can divert. Yeah, yeah, you divert. can divert your river. So the idea is that once the water is near the top of this moat, the tree cover will actually come down and hide it to some degree. Now, here's where things get slightly complicated. We're gonna need to have access to a lab. So. <laughs> Moving far away from practical. <laughs> so, now, one of the great things about piranhas <laughs> is that they are very efficient at eating flesh. Unfortunately, the standard is living flesh. Now, we're going to have to genetically modify these piranhas so that they eat zombified dead flesh. So that's why we need the lab, just to genetically modify the fish. Shouldn't be too much trouble, especially if you're a qualified geneticist. No problem. Yeah. So One of those in every town. Yeah, and we're going to take those genetically modified piranhas, and we're going to put that in our moat with our leaf cover. Then, as uh, zombies come in, you know, they'll fall into the water, and the piranhas will take care of the rest. Now, wouldn't you end up with zombie piranhas? No, because they're genetically modified ah. so that they can handle it. If they become infected with the zombie virus, they die off. However, if you are a well-established geneticist, you know to make the breeding cycle very quick. So you will be able to answer the, the death rate with new babies. So you're planning to just hole yourself yeah, up in Lake Victoria, the movie was from, right? Piranha. Piranha 3D. 3D. Or Piranha 3D. 3D. <laughs> Didn't watch that one. Mm. <laughs> but either way, so that, that was my first pretty idea. pretty campy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just, just to kill the suspense, I marked that one silly. <laughs> I, I just, now, wasn't there a fourth just, just, one? Just in case you were like, wondering. No. What, what were, like, I thought there was another one outside of practical, inventive, and silly. Uh, stupid. <laughs> That's not fair at all. Well, yeah, I mean, there are genus... Ge I, I didn't put yours in, in the stupid there are, are you making a new category for I, no, the admins? No, 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 it's no, like, no, no. Mm, that's stupid. No, that there are geneticists out there who are yelling at the podcast right now saying, I could totally do this. <laughs> it's, it's not a matter of whether you could. It's whether you should. Mm. And you should mm. not. If, you, if you're that bored, find the cure for zombie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm here for zombies. This, this, it's true, true. Bored. Geneticists should not be making super. Yeah, don't hey, make super look, predators. You know what? Already have sometimes when you're hitting a wall against you know whatever you're working with, sometimes it's nice to just have a side project yeah, that just, you can just go to. You know, yeah, so, I'm struggling trying to find a cure. Let's work on these. You know, genetically modified piranhas. No, it's well, completely understandable. No, no, no. Because when I'm working on a 3D model and I run into problems. I just genetically modify things to get past my roadblock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's that too. And and technically, isn't a zombie eating piranha a cure? There you go. Gets rid of the zombie. In the same way that biting on a bullet is a cure for pain. <laughs> okay. See, if you break your arm, you bite on a bullet, you won't think about the pain in your arm so much. Because your teeth will be fucking gone. That's the major pain method. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyhow, that I, I digress. <laughs> 
So, okay. uh, practical. <laughs> All right, moving on, JP. <laughs> All right, mine. My, mine will have to happen a little bit closer to the start of an outbreak. Okay. And it'll probably have to be in Washington, because you're going to need groundwater. Okay. Just mm-hmm. water on the ground, just still, just chilling water, right. right? So the plan is to basically make leads, electric leads, out into this area, right? Okay. Now, maybe you could kind of make like a shallow moat. That's one of the reasons why I like this idea, is that a problem with the moat, for it to be really effective as far as like actually things falling in, trapping, staying in there, is that it's got to be deep as hell. Yeah. What are you saying, 18 feet? That's... It can be six feet deep. It really just gives you more... Have you ever dug a hole that's six feet deep? Yes. That's a lot of work. I know. To make it around an entire house, that's that a would, lot of work. It's, it's a community project. It's a community project or, for like a couple weeks. Or a well, project a for a machine. True, exactly. In, in a day or two. Right, right, right. right. But okay. the point. Anyway, so I like the idea of maybe making a, a smaller moat sort of thing, getting some standing water if you're in a wet environment, right? Mm-hmm. And then basically just running some wire leads out there every so often... And then having a generator and just fry those motherfuckers. Like a rice field. Exactly. There we right. go. Yeah. I mean, there are standing, like, marshy sort of stuff. You know, and I think that done correctly, I don't know all of the logistics of how that would work as far as dispersing. Because if you've got too much water, then it, it, you're not going to get right. electrified, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a thin layer of standing water <laughs> and you have some electrical leads out there, you don't have to be running the generator all the time. If you as have enough, like, solar generators, like, you raid mm-hmm. a hardware store, you get a handful of those and... It'll probably be enough. I mean, I know that as far as people go, all you need is six milliamps to kill a person. I don't know how many watts, volts, or amps you need to fry a zombie brain. Whatever it takes to destroy the brain stem. Yeah, but you know, well, you know it doesn't take too much. The thing I think that I like about the idea of using electricity is that electricity affects muscle. This and if zombies can move at all, they're going to be frozen. Yeah. So... However long it takes for your juice to run out, if you've got a bug out of there, you know, so what? You wear some rubber boots and then knock some frozen ass zombies or some, you know, electrified frozen zombies out of the damn way and then run past and they're all just over there, you know, just stuck. There's an added bonus to this. If Hmm. you do it in a bird sanctuary, you have dinner every night. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you you know, they might be doing some crazy electric taser type of dance thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, also it's entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. So I'm going to put, I'm going to mark this under inventive. Success. Because as long as I didn't get it as silly, that's what I was aiming for. Silly is the F. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> F plus. No D minus. D minus. It's you, not a pass. You can, you can, ha- you can have a, a D minus inventive, but it's really, that it'd have to be a damn piss poor inventive and, and, and <laughs> or just not very silly and damn piss poor. Uh, but anyhow, you know, it's the only thing I can think of is that if you have that much power to throw away, you would be able to use it towards more productive killing methods. Well, but that's I, the reason why I like. That's the reason why I think it's important yeah. is because there is precious a small amount of power because power is typically derived from gas, and there's not a lot of gas. Correct. And so the the idea is is that this wouldn't have to be something that would be on all the time. Right. This is something that you know you could have a system of strings and bells and whatnot as an early warning system, and then. As soon as they get to there, then flip this thing on, and it freezes them in their tracks, fries their brain. You know, I, we'd have to find out how long it takes for the brain to get fried. But that's trial and error. People don't last real long when they get zapped. No, no. it makes sense. Yeah. No, that's, that's why it's inventive. It's it's, it's functional. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to go through our second round of traps, and I promise you, mine will go in the silly category. You're listening to Geek Life. Stick <laughs> nice. with us.
for round two of our zombie traps. The Brian, what do you have for us? Okay, so sticking with the I'm bored and I could use a little joy. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. You know, there's always that like whole comedic thing where people make those covered pitfalls that are so obvious and everybody's like, nobody's going to fall for that. And somebody eventually does by mistake usually. Or See, the thing that comes to mind when somebody says something like that, like, that's an obvious trap. It's I have to think back to myself and go... No, I, I've walked right into screen doors before. Totally <laughs> sober. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, hey. Yes, well, you know, I'll make it obvious. Like, you know, it'll be covered with a blue tarp and a little bit of grass here and there. So I know that it's there, but the zombies really not so much. Yeah. And then they fall in. I get a little laugh. And then I break out either the Katana or the Stanley Fubar Extreme Functional Utility Bar and kill the brain. Uh, SCB endorsed. Yes, <laughs> super excellent. So that's the plan, is it? That is the plan. It's just, it's just a uh, tarp covered pit. Tarp covered pit. Uh, one of the probably about six feet. Do you want um, to put pointy stuff at the bottom so that you don't have to go in there and stab them? You can't rely on the, them falling head first. You know what would be good for that would be like a nagenata sort of thing. Yeah, or actually, a spear. Genetically modified piranha. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it in there; they'll flap around the least stuff. Well, if you put in some spikes things there, even if they don't fall in head first, they'll have Might a stick. They're not yeah. going anywhere. They may, they may oh, wait, 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 wait! Fish hooky t- t- style, like spike stuff with a hook on them, right? Mm. Like so, yeah. it's like like angled serrated stuff, except except right. it points down, so they fall through and they can't get out. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, so further off, I have my little bells and seeing rakes <laughs> go up and zombies getting hit in the face and going, oh, and then they get to the pitfalls and fall in, and I'm still laughing my ass off. I'm going to put that on the practical because it's, it's simple, it's clean. <clears throat> practical, yay! And frankly, you know, digging a six foot hole, it's time consuming, but you got nothing else to do. It's true. So, you are looking for entertainment. Yes. And sadly, digging holes, I picked up that bad habit from my roommate who loves to dig holes. That he does. That he does. Is your roommate a dog? <laughs> no, no. Grave just, digger. No, no, he, well. He likes to do odd uh, things. He's a dwarf. <laughs> well, he used to do a lot of construction, and so he would do a lot of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, you need a trench dug, I'm your guy. And He, he likes to find inventive ways to exercise. Yeah, okay. makes sense. And it's, it's a lot of good hard work. Make you strong. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, Joe. Trap number two. So trap number two. One point that uh, when we were writing for Zombie Egg, one point I tried to bring up more than once was that zombies can't read. So you can label the fuck out of your traps. You know, big sign says, duck here or you will die. You duck. They're not going to duck. They're just got some Indiana falling. Jones traps going on. They're just exactly. really well labeled. Yeah. So think, they're not ducking under something that you are obviously ducking under because they're just trying to get from them to you. You know, very, very simple goal. You have a bandsaw set up at right about neck height in a doorway. You can go right the fuck under that, stand on the other side and wait for them to walk in and take their own damn head off. Good point. I like that. <clears throat> I'm going to put that under practical. But again, you have to have electricity. Yeah, and it also begs the question, you ever wonder if that's what the problem was with Indiana Jones? He just, he didn't know the language. He couldn't read the the, the labels on the traps. Maybe they were all properly labeled. No, they weren't labeled. They, he had that book thing. Mm, no, that fair enough. Yeah. 
Well, next to that, you know, idea. you could, you could, you don't need necessarily to have electricity. You could have the bandsaw hooked up to a bicycle, and it would be really <laughs> oh. lame. But you'd run through the doorway and that then jump be. on the bicycle and then ride at the zombies just in place. <laughs> just <laughs> the other thing that you could do is just you yes, know have a trip wire that is spring loaded for a machete at around neck height. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have it spray painted orange. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Big watch, letters. Watch out for the trip wire. Yeah. Step over me. Except or, when it comes to like bandits and shit, then that's the problem. oh yeah. Well, no, you have other traps for that. Yeah, your mm-hmm. traps. So this, you're you saying you're saying traps farther away from home base are more easy to decipher, right? Z- yeah. Zombie exactly. repellent traps. You want human aggressors to be closer in your circle before you decide that they don't belong there. True, mm-hmm. because True. you know they could. Dis- you don't, don't want to kill the poor bastard who's just trying to get away from the zombie. Yeah, right. and to be fair. If we're talking Kirkman-style zombies, if you happen to accidentally kill some people, you're making more zombies. That's true. Yeah. That's not necessarily the right way to go. So you might as well take off the head if you're going to kill them. It's true. Bandsaw in the doorway. I like it. That was clever. I like it. All right. Okay, Henry, you're up for the under scrutiny now. Council of Four will decide your fate. All right. So I'm going to rework what I call the Humboldt Classic, uh, which may get some jeers, but I don't really care. Uh, The Humboldt Classic is the tripwire. As most people probably know, up in Humboldt County, if you travel through the Redwoods, off the beaten path... Uh, th- <laughs> now I know why you call it the Humboldt Classic. <laughs> yeah. They, Took me a minute. <laughs> yeah, they, they have pot farms. And if you approach too closely, they, they rig shotguns and other nasties in trees, angled at the, the point of contact with the tripwire, so that if you trip it, it shoots you. It shoots you dead. Because, you know, you were going to steal their crop, allegedly. Well, in any case... Instead of using firearms or something that would cause noise, they actually have uh, torsion spring-loaded types of traps. Yeah, we've, we've all seen blades. them. Yeah, blades or, or just spikes. Mm-hmm. Just just have them aimed. You could even do a garret wire. Yeah, essentially, yes. It mm-hmm. is just, it's, it's a very simple trap. It's very classic. You can help mix it up. Um, you know, you got time. <clears throat> and a tripwire trip is easy to reset. And sure. all you really need is, is a young tree, and it, it, the, the green wood will retain the resiliency and the uh, springiness that you need. Unless it sits too long, then the tree just grows bent. Doesn't matter at that point. Oh. The, you know, you, you go and you, you check your traps you know, regularly. You don't just, well, I've set that trap. Oh, yeah, tra- traps take maintenance just like a boat right. bag, just like anything. I mean, survival's right. all about maintenance. Right, so, and you know. if, if it's worked into your perimeter, you want to do a sweep of your perimeter. Hell, maybe you've killed somebody that wasn't a zombie. Maybe they have a bunch of goodies on them. Mm. No sense leaving to sit there and rot. With them. Of course, if your traps were properly labeled. <laughs> I'm less concerned about that. <laughs> or their giant rakes. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. Giant rakes would not work. If they were right. giant rakes, rakes, it wouldn't work. If they stepped on it, it wouldn't come up. Or it would come up very slowly. <laughs> well, it's okay. Just zombies rakes. slow. How about this? A giant-like area of rakes. So, where does that fall? Where would that fall? I... I, personally, I think it's, it's, practical. it's practical. It's, it's bordering on inventive, yeah, but but still pretty practical. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you would take a lot. A lot of the traps you talked about so far are things that dig a ditch, that sort of stuff. I mean, for the most part, you don't want to have it be something that's outside of your skill set, right? So you're going to be familiar with how traps work, mm-hmm. but or, also, or at know, least how to dig. If you have a lot of time on your hands, you could experiment and get a feel for it. So I think this is definitely possible for pretty much anybody with enough time and desire to learn. And a shovel. And a shovel. Yeah, and a shovel. Mm-hmm. Or rock shape. Like you could also be shown some zombies to just test stuff on, just like take the mouth off and the arms and just 
be like, all right, and just stand over here and wiggle your butt at them, you know? <laughs> be like, here I am, come so, and get see me. See what works. See what works. <laughs> Trial and error, that's good. It's, it, disable your opponent, then play with it. It's, it's then the, play with it. And, and, <laughs> Henry, what did we tell you about playing with zombies? I, you haven't said anything yet. <laughs> well, Do you think don't. She, she left the oh. tongues? That'd be weird. She didn't, not on the show. Yeah. But what if she did? That'd be weird. I think if you left the tongues, you'd pretty quickly realize it's not a good idea and cut them off. I don't think it would be lasting very long. No, anybody who's played Amnesia till the end knows why you never want a tongue without a jaw on mm, an enemy. That's good. That not game's hella scary. Oh, man. But anyway, yeah. So. Yeah, practical. Mm-hmm. I think collective, collectively Great. practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very good. Thank yeah. you. Golf clap. Thank you. Okay, Admin, your final trap. Okay, so this idea was actually inspired based on a tragedy that happened in the 1800s. Now, bear with me, this is going to sound kind of funny, the tragedy itself, but it's actually really sad once you think about it. So, I don't remember exactly where this was. I feel like it was in Canada, but there was a town whose major export was maple syrup. And so they had silos of maple syrup. And I'm just, oh, when I say silos, no. I mean like I, gallons and gallons and I gallons remember of stuff. Full actual silos. In one of their warehouses, there was an explosion, which caused all of the silos to break open. And there was a tsunami of maple syrup that literally flooded the town several feet deep. Now that sounds funny, but remember that maple syrup is very thick and very sticky. People drowned because once it got into their lungs, they could not come up for breath because it was stuck right in there. So, based on that tragedy, my suggestion is everybody has a town of maple syrup. Now, <laughs> moving when, steadily over to Silicon <laughs> When the zombies invade your town, all you have to do is rig an explosion in your maple syrup silos and the, get to high ground. <laughs> It's a high ground. The maple syrup will create a tsunami of sweet death that will will ravage your town. Now, the zombies might not necessarily be taken out by the weight of the maple syrup alone, but it will certainly slow them down. Now, whether or not the weather is hot or cold, eventually this maple syrup will begin to dry and crystallize. This, in turn, will attract your genetically modified bees. (laughs) The silly mark is official. I just put it down. I think I was gonna you're say, trying real hard to get to the stupid part. You're really working hard on that. It's like, create a new category. Look, if you could genetically modify <laughs> piranhas, bees Shit. will be no problem. Then what about zombies? Well, that's no what you admin. genetically modify yeah. out. A, yes, no admin. We are, no zombies. No, 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 no zombies. They're Ever. zombies, bees killers, zombie destroyer bees. So the stingers kill zombies, basically. Well, the idea is that since they're covered in the sweet, sweet nectar of death, the zombies, which are, you know, now crystallized and all pretty, the bees will come in, land on the zombies, and they will eat the flesh of the zombies because they're genetic. Are we talking about the bees or the zombies? <laughs> may, 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 I, Maybe they should be hornets. May, may I recommend a slight change? Instead of maple syrup, go with honey. Honey crystallizes a lot faster. Right, but it's not as heavy. Yeah, but you know what? It still crystallizes a lot faster. It'll slow them down. And on a hot day, that'll go pretty darn fast. Then your place will smell like honey. It'll be awesome. And it'll attract more bees where you can have more beekeepers. It also attracts bears. 
And it'll attack and bears. bears. But you're gonna have to genetically modify the bears. So then they don't become zombie bears. Right. Yes. But here's the thing that I haven't worked <laughs> out. How are you gonna keep the bees from getting diabetes? It's, not, it's diabetes. Shoot me down. It's diabetes and obesity. Yes. They need to watch out for. Those are the two problems those, those of the, the zombie bees. Oh, dear. <sighs> silly. Oh, well, that okay. certainly was a silly. No, I, just uh, as a quick adjustment to the Ryan's idea, since, you know, I got to have something serious now. I like the Ryan's idea for a pit, but there needs to be one thing. In the center, there needs to be a noisemaker. That's how You can yeah. have... Um, one of those makers that make noises that go out really loud, like you mean like a, like a, like a boombox. Yeah, so you could have a sort of boombox, and you want <laughs> <laughs> bring it back to the bees. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's something gen- genetically modified here. No, this is legitimate. You would have a specific recording to attract the zombies into your trap. I mean, it's perfectly hmm. acceptable. Like if you shoot. Uh, a gun into the air, zombies are going to be attracted to that noise. They're going to go and check it out. So to attract the zombies into the Brian's trap, I suggest that we put a sound effect in the center, and what that sound effect is, JP's impression of a certain person. Oh. (laughs) So the sound effect would be as follows. So that would get all the zombies. Oh, no. And that would safely repel all survivors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> away from it. Oh, uh, yes. At the speed of light. All right, I'm done. I did have a forest of anvils trap, but... <laughs> I've got... We just put that in silly right yeah, now. I've got She's my last letter point as well. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. It's time for me to break out the silly. All okay. right, here we go. Okay. First, you need a wood chipper. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Now, 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 just follow me with this, all right? So you you build a moat, but you grease it up <laughs> so uh. that it's slippery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you make it you make it tipped out and funnel into the wood chipper, okay? <laughs> then you create a chamber under the ground to where the wood chipper shoots out from. Now, you got to seal it around the edge, so you need some rubber sealant. <laughs> Okay, so then you rubber sealant it in, and you make this make this chamber. Okay, it shoots all the zombie guts into this chamber. Okay, now this chamber, right? This chamber is above ground, and it's made out of like a tin sort of material, you know, metal something, something that conducts heat really well. So it gets really hot and awful, and it gets full of zombie guts. No, full of meth zomb, zombie methane. And then uh, you use that to power the wood chipper. It is a it's Thunderdome. It is, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! It, it, it's a perpetual motion machine, complete with Master Blaster. <laughs> yes. Oh wow! You just gotta feed it a few. All you gotta do is you gotta feed it some zombies, and then they make they make they make uh, meth zom, and then the meth zom feeds. You just gotta modify it so that it can you can run on methane. I feel yeah. like we need to rename meth zom because it sounds like a really weird street drug. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, bath exactly. Salt. It's bath salts. Yeah. How about zomphane? Zomphane, excellent. Yeah. Okay, uh, I actually it runs on Zomphane. I, I actually am going to co- co- uh, consult the uh, the rest of the group, not including JP, oh. uh, because I, I almost want to take away the silly title. From yeah, I was going to say and inventive. Give, and give him inventive. Yeah, because that, that theoretically could work as as ludicrously ridiculous as it is. <laughs> yeah. it, it's based. I'm on, proud of the Zomphane. Okay, Zomphane is the Zomphane is awesome. It, that is that is like the new fuel source because we're gonna have copious amounts of Zomphane. Well, that that are undeaded. <laughs> oh, undeaded fuel. Oh yes. dear. Oh yes, dear. I did say that. No, I got the idea for Zomphane. 
from watching Top Gear. Have you guys ever watched the show yeah, Top yeah, Gear? Yeah. No. So one time, one time, so it's it's like a British car uh, show. I know of it, okay, but I, I just haven't. There's also an American version now. Which is terrible. So <laughs> what they did was they decided to do a race. And so they modified these two two identical vehicles to run on methane gas. And they collected methane gas from people poop and one from cow poop. And so one was cow powered, one was people powered. And right then I thought to myself, Zomthane. <laughs> nice. Which one won? I think cow. it was I think it was the people. The people power? Really? Yeah. really? I would have figured the cow. It was really people. close. I, I think it was kind of nominal. It was like, you know, uh, you know, it, be, yeah, in theory they're identical, the, but it's pretty much the same. It probably I'm, came down to the driver. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure if this still happens, but do you guys remember how in the 90s when people were starting to experiment with methane, they would just stick tubes up cows' asses to collect their farts? Yes. No, I did not know that. When yeah. I was in elementary school, they had informational posters about this process in the school. We need one of those posters. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Scary. Wow. So good. So good. Well, I'm going to throw one last one in. All right. The because final, the final we've seen before. it in a picture before, and somebody needs to put something else in the silly category so that the admin isn't all alone. So <laughs> my alone. last line of defense is I'm going to surround my house Oh, yes. With treadmills. Yes. Okay, silly. <laughs> <laughs> I got it now. Yes, that's hilarious. And then there were two. <laughs> okay, well, we, well, there was one I've always had is getting zombies into a thin corridor, or even, you know, like building a corridor out in the middle of nowhere so that you can swing a log down and hit mm. the lead uh. zombie and have zombie dominoes. Nice. Just knock, knows. Yeah, just knock the whole lot of them down. <laughs> Adding that make... to the inventive section. <laughs> so Zombie good. dominoes. Zominoes, thank you. Zomthane. I, I do have a ridiculous one. Okay, let's moment. hear it. All right. So it's a zombie sound lure meant to, to send zombies away from your place. You take a zombie and you put makeup on him to make him look like a people. And then you, you take a recording device, like a loudspeaker, and duct tape it into its mouth so that it speaks outwardly and it can't bite anything and it can't get it out. And then you, put, you duct tape boxing gloves on its hands <laughs> and you send it out into the world with a recorded message. Uh, not, not the, nah, you know, from, from <laughs> earlier discussed. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. But, you know, something simple to... To encourage the zombie to maybe go look for that noise itself, and then draw other zombies to it. So it just kind of has this conglomerated cloud of undead. Also put something like, you know, tape like on its body or its head a little bit further away. Some meat or something that'll mm -hmm. make it continually walk in a certain direction. So the first time you told me about this, I, I just kind of went with it. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, this will work. But it occurs to me now, who's the makeup for? <laughs> it just really seems like you want to make have, up like, a cataracts, man. Yeah, like it's it feels like you just want to test your makeup techniques. It's important. You can put makeup on a zombie, <laughs> but it's still just a zombie. <laughs> it's important to differentiate it from the other zombies. With, so the speaker duct taped into its mouth. its mouth would not differentiate it. And boxing gloves. <laughs> No, there's you, a wig involved in here, you, isn't there? Yes, <laughs> a clown, a pr pr precisely a clown wig. Of course. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, please tell me it's a clown nose. No. Oh, it's gotta be. <laughs> 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 it's 
It's for my amusement. No, for your amusement. <laughs> it's back next to Brian's plan. Yes, exactly. Got to amuse yourself somewhere. Yeah. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into the next section of our zombie podcast. Uh, the second section of our zombie podcast. Where we're going to talk about zombie pets. You're listening to Geek Life. Get into zombie pets. Now, the eighth Henry and I sat down, did some podcast prep this past week, and we decided to make a top five list of the best and worst pets that you can have in the zombie apocalypse. Let's start with useful pets. We'll count down from five. Number five, cats. Mostly to keep the rodent population down, right? What was your thinking there? Mostly, it's, it's as you said, to keep the rodent population down. Also, despite what most people say, cats are affectionate and, and they help boost morale. Bullshit. Uh, Bullshit. <laughs> got some cat haters, do we? It's all right. It's That's why they're number five and not anything <laughs> higher than that. Because you also don't really need to rely on feeding it. It's a low-maintenance mm-hmm. pet. It's also, true. it covers up its own crap. <laughs> so you don't need to, you know, clean up after it. So like I said, low-maintenance... It sounds like you're complaining about your dog. No. Hey, no. No, <laughs> no, really. But, but, we've got our own problems with Senior Piss Paws. Yeah, he, we call him Senior Piss Paws. General Admiral Piss Paws the third. Uh, but that is beside the point. I got uh, nobody time for that. I will have to give him a salute next time. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so, number four, horse. Horses are important. In fact, they have carried mankind through our hardest times. Pun since, intended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> pun very intended. Since the since the dawn of our civilization, ever since we've been able to domesticate them, we've used them for transportation, for combat, uh, for you know, just dromedary beasts, you know, beasts of burden, and you know, pulling the plow. I mean, granted, they aren't the best for that. But yeah, they're really more transportation. They, they're <clears throat> they're truly more transportation and combat oriented. And mm-hmm. also, let's not forget food and leather. Horse milk is actually something that's utilized a lot in the east. Mm-hmm. So just because it's not common here, it, it is something. And then people have horse. I mean, you eat horse meat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they get horse meat from French. exotic horse places. Well, yes, mainly the French. But the point of the matter is, is that it's kind of a um, completely multi-use animal in every stage of its life, sure. which is great. But and I'm not sure know, if I want to eat, you know, zombie rancid horse meat or zombie rancid horse milk. Well, no, these are the animals that we want to preserve from the zombie virus. Number three is beasts of burden, specifically oxen, mules, and other such. And of course, anytime you move a, uh, a vast array of survival gear or peoples, you're going to want to caravan. That's the most efficient. That's why we've been doing it for thousands of years. And uh, let's face it, horses have a limit to what they, their backs can handle. Sure. That's what oxen, mules... Affixed to carts mostly, and uh, camels actually. That's why they're the best for those. A side note about beasts of burden slash dogs is that there are certain dogs that actually are worker dogs. Particularly, I'm thinking of Rottweilers. And one of the mm-hmm. one of the things that Rottweilers have done in their history is they would actually they would be pulling carts to the market. Yep. You know, I think it was in Germany. 
Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they're a white. Yeah, that's, right, that's right. And, and so, and so they commonly want a job. They want something. They're happy when you give them something to do, right. and not as in fetch, but as in carry. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually get like saddlebags for your Rottweiler if you're going to go camping. You can actually load them down, and they're they're excited. They're happy to do it. Speaking of which, number two on the list, dogs. Yes, dogs will also hunt rats just as well as cats will. Um, also, to your point of they, you know, bury their own poop. My little four-legged furry roommate, Allie the Wonder Dog, actually digs and buries her own poop. That's that not a normal dog behavior. That, what most dogs do is eat their own crap. I realize oh, that. I'm just saying that this, they can be trained to do so. Found. It smells rancid and just came out of my other end. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Hey, you know... A perpetual I, motion machine. Oh, look, it is a oh, perpetual motion oh, machine. Oh, look, there's my master. I love this person. I'm going to lick them in the face. I'm just going to say this. There's a lot of animals out there, like... Actually, humans are in the minority as far as not eating feces. Wow, as far as animals I go. was positive you were going to say humans are in the minority and not licking their assholes. <laughs> it's because they can't reach it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like corgis. And most people are assholes. And number one, livestock. For obvious reasons, yeah. right? Cows, chickens, etc. Because yeah, you can eat them and eat the things that they make. Mm-hmm. Plus with cows, you know, they can plow the fields. So yeah, you there is definitely. If you have a cow, they're you're multi-purpose rich. for sure. You can have beasts of burden. Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, absolutely. Sheep are right up there too, because they make warm and fluffies, and then you could eat them. You could eat their young, and you could <laughs> drink their milks. Yes, <laughs> eat their young. <laughs> so now that we've educated you on the useful pets to have in a zombie apocalypse, let's talk about the top five useless pets to have in a zombie apocalypse. Number five, soccer dogs. Soccer dogs, you say? What's a soccer dog? That's a JP original term. Thank you very much. I'm sure somebody <laughs> else says it, but let me let me explain what a soccer dog is. Soccer dogs are mini, awful, yippy dogs that make you want to kick them like a soccer ball. Oh, yes. I second this. Yes. Chihuahuas. Yes, yes. No, it's well, Chihuahuas. <laughs> so I, I, had, uh, I, had, I had like a larger breed dog uh, mm-hmm. a while back, and... First dog I ever had. Didn't know anything about dog culture. Didn't know anything about other dogs, really. You know, just had friends or family who have had dogs and, you know, visit with them sort of thing. So I never really learned how it is that dogs are and made observations about the way that certain dogs are different. Well, I found out in a short hurry on my daily walks with the dog that little dogs are sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. And big dogs are lumbering and chill. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe they're some more or less aggressive based on their environment or their... Breeding, they've or all the way they're traded or something. I mean, no, no, I mean, it's like maybe there's some bigger dogs that are more aggressive, but that's probably less likely. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. where that comes from, but it seems to be sort of like roll the dice. If if a if a big dog is going to act one way or another, little dogs are just cocks all the yeah. time. <laughs> they're just assholes. Yeah. I can remember this little dog would walk. And this is something I saw over and over again. This little dogs would lean so far on their leash towards us as we were passing each other. That they would like slip out and almost fall because they were just. I mean, if if, oh, if yeah. the owner like let a little bit of slack, the dog would fall on its face. <laughs> it was ridiculous. They're just so angry and awful, yeah. and they serve no purpose. Not a lot of meat there. They can't carry shit. They they're not. I mean, they're they're just going to be yippy and obnoxious. They're just going to draw the zombies in. Exactly. They can be bait. <laughs> ah. <laughs> let them out. Let them run. But exactly. Not pets. Not pets. Yeah. Actually, I believe it's chihuahuas have more than twice the amount of attacks on people than any other dog in the world. I'm telling you, soccer dogs, breed. because yeah. they're cocks. Yeah, but nobody reports it, because it's a chihuahua. 
You know, yeah. who's going to report dog back from Chihuahua? So well, I, I might just to get yeah. it put down because it's Chihuahua. But... It didn't break the skin, but how? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like PETA is trying to triangulate on where we're recording right Come now. Come for me, PETA. Well, I am waiting for you. Technically, PETA doesn't actually like domesticated animals. Well, that's yeah. right. That's okay. I well, don't like them. <laughs> well, number four on our list, rodents. Rodents. Not a very useful pet. I've uh, never seen the appeal. I, I haven't either, unless it's... Isn't there a certain rodent that you can eat? We were talking about Yeah, guinea pigs. guinea pigs. You can eat any of them. Well, well yeah. yeah, but guinea pigs is like... But guinea pigs, that, that is actually a meal. They're supposed to be really tasty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really... So other than guinea pigs, rodents... Come on, haven't you down. seen those little tiny Russian hamsters that you put in a ball and they roll around your entire house? <laughs> I, I do. It's adorable. I like and rodents, useless. but they pee in your hand. True. That upsets me deeply. Wait, wait, what if you put a rodent in the little ball and then chuck them out into a bunch of zombies to see what happens? <laughs> it might run away from the zombies and make its little chirping noises. It could be like a zombie lead them away plan. I, we will have to, to, to investigate this, but for right now, rodents is a broad brush term for useless small mammal pest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as far as that goes, they will not be useful to you unless Unless you have a ferret them. and there are zombie snakes. Yeah. Mm. But one thing that rodents tend to do is ruin your food supply. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're always bad news. That's why we call them rodents. That's Otherwise why we, we have, have cats on the list man. for good animals yeah. is that cats actually eat rodents. Like I said, so do dogs. <clears throat> Number three, reptiles and amphibians. I would like to think I don't need to explain this too much, but imagine if you would a snake. Mm. Unless it is a anaconda and it's a zombie-eating anaconda. Genetically modified. modified. (laughs) I don't see any point to have a a reptile or an amphibian. If it doesn't eat zombies, in which case it would probably also eat people, you really don't need to have it. It's a lot of maintenance for something that doesn't have any... Payoff. It spends most of its time sitting around, just, just trying just to get warm. Trying to get trying warm. To get warm. It's, it's 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 basically like a Floridian, <laughs> uh, just just an elderly retiree, <laughs> scaly oh. skin, oh. Se- seeping questionable fluid. Oh, it just keeps getting worse and worse, <laughs> and, and yet still accurate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Moving so, on. Hey, a crocodile could make a good attack dog or attack beast sort of thing. But it's it, indiscriminate. Wait, wait. Do you think wait. crocodiles in your moats? Traditionally, yes, you could. Yes. Mm. But but honestly, crocodiles are better eating than they are uh, eaters. Mm-hmm. Eaters. I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll eat anything when it comes down to like, oh, it's alive. Yeah, I can get that in my mouth. Yeah, if you want something more aggressive, you got to go with hippos. Yeah. Hippos, nothing f***s with hippos. With it's good reason. True. It's hippos good are reason. angry, awful creatures. They're very territorial. Alligators don't fuck with hippos. They wait for them to die. Yeah. <laughs> that's that says a lot about an animal. Shit. Well, you know, pet frog, you keep the flies off your food supply. You know, I'd rather have fly swatter. There you go. <laughs> okay, number two, caged birds. I know why the caged bird sings. Yeah. Meaning parrots and anything small that cockatiels just, just makes canaries. noise. Sure. Messenger I, pigeons. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure pigeons, those of you useful. that want to play devil's advocate are immediately thinking, what about carrier pigeons? What about, you know, what about, you know, birds that can be trained to, to send messages or whatever? We're not talking about those. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking no. about. The hawks that can hunt down small rooms. We're not yeah. talking about useful birds. Finches. Like, like we're, we're talking about uh, white-eyed conures and macaws. Parakeets. 
parakeets and uh, cockatiels. Cockatiels, basically vanity birds, birds mm-hmm. that are either very pretty, not good eating. They're, they don't have enough meat on too them. Small. To be, they're too they're small. They're loud enough to attract zombies within a mm-hmm. one mile radius. Canaries. I'd be really curious if you set like a zombie in a cage and then had a like a what, what's the one or the 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 African gray parrot. Is that is it? Is it a parrot? No. What's the one that can really talk a lot? Uh, all parrots can. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you set a zombie in a cage next to a parrot in a cage and just waited to see if the parrot would start to make zombie sounds. <laughs> yeah, they would. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory. Mm. There was an episode where he wanted to go and get bit by a shark so he could have the nickname Shark Attack. So he was going out, you know, wore the chainmail suit and all that sort of stuff and went to a shark area just so that he could get bit by a shark, by smaller sharks, of course. And there was a parrot that was on the decks for the boats, just screaming its head off it like it was in pain. It's like, and they're like, suddenly they're like, I'm not sure this is a good idea anymore. <laughs> what has this parrot been hearing? Yeah. <laughs> and number one, tank fish. Pet fish. Your goldfish, your koi's. Yes. Stuff you can't really eat. Yes. Too small to eat. A lot of maintenance. And not sushi grade. Not, yeah, definitely not sushi grade. Kind of useless. Pretty to look at. Can't really do anything else but eat until they explode. Now, you need to feed this fish every two hours. And you can only <laughs> feed them this prescribed type of food. Otherwise, they oh, don't. Oh, God. Plus, salt plus water fish tanks are such a hassle. Can you imagine how freaking useless they'd be in an apocalypse? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. can. Ridiculous. Well, and not- don't forget, if you're not in a secure place and you got to move, fish get stressed out by moves. Oh, right? yeah. You got to, you know, there's liquids that you put in to de-stress the fish and all that sort of stuff. No, they're just a pain in the ass. You have to medicate your fish to move. I have, I have, yeah. I feel compelled to tell a fish story. But not like a fish story, fish story, but a story about fish. Okay. Not about fishing. So my cousin, whilst living in San Diego, going to school down there, had a apartment with her friend, longtime friend. They're both going to school down there. And so she was up visiting us and she gets this phone call and then has this look on her face like she's not quite sure whether she should be horrified or she should be laughing out loud. And I look at her and I'm like, what was that phone call about? And so she starts to chuckle and she says, well... Uh, I just talked to my roommate, and apparently last night, when she got home, she went to feed the fish, and when she touched the water, she, her finger got shocked. And so she, she unplugged the power strip next to it and just went to bed. The next morning, she woke up, crispy fish floating in water. Uh, like, burnt, crispy fish. <laughs> so the question is, apparently, if something is shocked enough, even underwater, it gets black and crispy. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. That is excellent. You know, I Nothing was, to do with zombies, but I just, that's a good story. Hey, you I know just, what? That goes right back into our electric leeways. You know, yes. I, I was just thinking about this. How big of an asshole would you have to be to keep a fish tank during the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, there's some dude in your zombie survival group, and he's kind of there just because, like, he's your brother's roommate, and they've been best buds since they've been in kindergarten. But this dude is, he's like... He's a guy I, who's just a douchebag but has, just, like, social immunity. Yeah, he's the mm-hmm. biggest asshat on the planet. He's a hipster. I think I know and this person. every time that, you know, <laughs> you have, have to move like camp... This dickhead's like, no, hold on, guys. I got to apply these drops and we got to wait 15 to 20 minutes so my fish don't get too stressed. That would be so awful. I'm brought back to a Simpsons episode, which everything in the whole world comes back to, if you really think about it, where Milhouse was trying to explain to Bart about 
the dog eating his fish. And then he's like, you know, you tried to convince me I didn't have a fish. Why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? That's Hearing that thought made me think of that. That's I, what's going to happen. It seems like a prophetic thing. Well, with that, we come to the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening to Geek Life. We always love to hear from our listeners. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This has been episode 31, Zombie Survival, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Check a one, two, check a check a... Yeah, well, you know, hey, and Geek Life, Geek Life, and 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 Geek Life